Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Tremble Culture Mall fans, welcome to the show here on another Friday afternoon. Sign Guy with you as usual, waiting for our guest to pop in. But if you were looking for some pro wrestling today, you have some options. You have Tonight, WCWO in Indianapolis, Indiana, SGW happening in Hamilton, Ohio, and you can find me in Centralia, Washington in just a couple of hours for Rogue Wrestling Attractions. Tomorrow night, you can find me in Lakewood, Washington for Northwest Pro. You also have tomorrow the Bob Oxley Memorial Cup. That is in Shelbyville, Indiana for New Era Wrestling. Of course, that event, very big for Chicken Bob. And I have donated some tickets to that as well. So we're looking forward to hearing the results of that. But while we wait for our guests, let me get a bit of a musical interlude while I try to track him down.
has joined us. I want to welcome him on. We are joined today by the promoter of STF out of Salt Lake City, Utah, Darren Beckstead. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being on today. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Well, being your first time with us, I'm going to lead you today with the first-timer question. How did you get into the crazy business of professional wrestling? Well, I uh, when I was 37 years old, I had my first match. <laughs> uh, I've been watching it my whole life ever since I was about 10 years old. And then uh, it wasn't until about, about 35 I realized we had a local scene. And I got into it then. And, you know, even when I wrestled, yeah, I wasn't that big of a deal. I was 37, knew I wasn't going anywhere. And, you know, I've just, I've got a business degree, and business has always been something that interested me. And just put the two and two together, and, and here I am. <laughs> now, you opened up STF several months ago and started running there in Utah. What prompted you to want to be a promoter? Well, I always felt like I was more, I was better behind the scenes than in the ring. Um, And I was, for a few years, and I was kind of bouncing ideas off people and saying, hey, I have an idea for a promotion. What do you think about this? And, you know, I got some really uh, positive feedback, and they really encouraged me to. And I'd done it a little bit before, but that time in my life, I didn't know it at the time, but I was things are about to go south real quick, and uh, so I got I kind of went off grid for a few years, and then started getting back into it. And you know, I know my in ring days are very limited, if at all. And you know, I just wanted to get back into it, and just had some ideas, and started. You know, I kind of put together a little crew and bouncing ideas off them, and we just felt like it was a go and made it happen, and. I haven't looked back. You mentioned that you didn't really know there was a wrestling scene in Salt Lake City and around Utah. Going back decades ago, Utah was never really part of a full-time territory, but they would get spot shows from different places like Stampede Wrestling or uh, some of the other promotions relatively near it then in the 80s the AWA went to Salt Lake City semi-regularly when they started migrating west the WWF used it as a regular stop since it wasn't part of an established territory do you ever delve much into the actual history of professional wrestling in Utah Oh yeah, yeah. I I'm also a history nerd, <laughs> so you know wrestling is just something that's in my blood, and so I look back and you know history. But I remember going to several of the cards that the AWA had because Salt Lake City used to be it used to be in their circuit, but it wasn't a major stop, so we never saw title changes or film for TV or anything like that. But uh, yeah, the AWA. And I've even gone back and looked who've been here before, and I didn't know this until a few years ago, but uh, Giant Baba had come to Salt Lake as part of the AWA before I got into it and saw some matches online, you know, from way back when. And so there was a, there was a 
market for it back then. And in fact, one of the main events I remember seeing, and this is, oh man, I'm like, this is before the, the WrestleMania era began, but it was uh, Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan teamed against Jerry Blackwell, Dr. D. David Schultz, and Mr. Saito. And so I look back at those now and just think, wow, I got to see these guys in person that aren't you know, around anymore. Some are even deceased, but, you know, I didn't know from there, there had been a local scene, you know, that came, you know, quite a bit later, but yeah, looking even into the history of what happened in Utah and pro wrestling, you know, before I even started going way back in the early eighties and it's been, it's been pretty cool and exciting to see who's been here. And I didn't even know, and I didn't know this either for a while, but world class was uh, coming up here and putting on cards too. And I had no idea about that. And that's when the Von Erichs were like the biggest things on the planet too. And, but found out a few decades too late. <laughs> uh, speaking of the Von Erickson world class, there's a major motion picture set to come out on Christmas Day chronicling the Von Erick story. It looks like yeah. it's going to be a fairly big deal. Have you been following along with the making of the movie and looking forward to what actually transpires on screen uh i haven't been following i I mean i've heard who's been cast a few of them but i'm really more interested to see how they're going to portray that you know on the big screen is you know because everybody knows that you know think of the von erich you know think of the tragedies that happen within the family so just see how they put that on screen is i'm really interested to see how they do that and what they include or not include or and i hope they don't go too hollywood with it but yeah i'm definitely interested in seeing how they do that obviously there in utah um world class wasn't necessarily a hotbed there even though they did spot shows yeah, but when yeah. you look at your fan base, do you have fans that were around in the territorial days, and do you see that they most like the style of wrestling that was coming to Utah, or has the fan base evolved and changed quite a bit since that point? I think it's mostly evolved, but there are some that do uh, remember, like when we have uh, our shows, you know, sometimes they'll be talking, you know, some of them, a little, of course, they're a little older now, but they'll say, I remember back when, you know, Andre came or Bobby Heenan came with, you know, so-and-so. And I've even had a few people suggest to bring back, bring in like the High Flyers and Baron Von Raschke that they used to see there. And so there is some there, but uh, I think as the business has evolved and time has moved on, that there more people are more into what's, uh, been on most recently and what's going on now, but it is pretty cool to hear people that talk about the word there back in the AWA days when the WWF started coming here periodically a little bit after that. So it's been it's been pretty cool. In fact, uh, Steve Gatorwolf uh, wrestled in the WWF for a while, and I met him at a local show several years ago and we were talking about the first time the WWF came here and he was on that show and the the main event was a battle royal and so that was kind of cool to actually be able to talk to somebody who was actually a part of the show and but uh there are still us older ones that <laughs> miss those days but 
it's mostly seems to be more with how much current right now. And what, like the instances where you do have fans throwing out names like Baron Von Raschke and the high flyers uh, who are active as far as conventions and so forth, not entering wrestling. Do you put that in your mental Rolodex as far as names that might be of interest as an attraction, unnecessarily in ring, but people that fans might come to see a show just to do an autograph signing or see them uh, just greet fans, things of that nature, or are you looking more towards people that are going to be able to provide a match? Oh, I absolutely have them on my role of my mental Rolodex, as you put it. Yeah, that would be great. I would love, in fact, I've debated an idea of uh, having like a two day event where the one day would be like an AWA Salt Lake reunion. And then the next day have our shows and, you know, just have the guys there doing meet and greets and things like that. So, but yeah, I would love to do something like that. Uh, you know, I remember, I mean, that's what got me into an interest in the business is, you know, these guys and, you know, some so many of them moved on to legend status, but you know, I having meet and greets with those guys and others, you know, would be great too. You know, so yeah, that's definitely something I'd be interested in. But no, I, that's that's one of my things in the back of my mind. And one day I'm gonna do it. <laughs> so, speaking of legends, you have one headed your way next week. Kevin Sullivan will be making his way to STF for your tag tournament. And there's not many yeah. more people that are more legendary than the Taskmaster. Uh, what led to you bringing in Kevin Sullivan for next week's tag tournament? Well, uh, the show is, we're having, it's called the Rocky Mountain Tag Team Summit. And what that is, it's actually a, like a tag team Royal Rumble style match is what it is but uh i've been trying to get hold of kevin sullivan for quite a while now and you know i talked to people and just things you know for whatever reason just didn't work out and then i was uh contacted the other day two weeks ago uh by a wrestler up in uh, portland buddy highway lost sullivan and he was looking for you know opportunities outside of oregon and he was asking about our upcoming show that we have. And I told him, he's like, wow, you got room to scoot. And I knew who he was a few years ago. So I knew him anyway. And uh, I just happened to ask him if he was still wrestling his buddy highway. And he said, he's the lost Sullivan now. And that was Kevin Sullivan. And I was like, what? <laughs> and uh, he was like, want me to see if he would want to come? And I was like, yeah, for sure, man. And, so he did, and about 10 minutes later, we had everything set with him coming, and well, I, I can't even tell you how excited I am to have Kevin Sullivan come on. I'm a great mind for the wrestling business, one of the greatest heels, and he cut a promo talking about the woman with the third eye, and I'm just like, oh, man, this is vintage Kevin's. But we're super excited to have him here, and I'm just kind of giddy, you know, just all excited about having a guy like him here. Actually, everybody is. You know, a lot of comments from people saying they can't wait to meet Kevin Sullivan or see him. And so it's going to be a great time with him here for sure. 
like you said, Kevin's one of the great minds to ever grace our business and one of the most successful behind the scenes as far as the booking of talent and running promotions and so forth. I know he's coming in for the tag team tournament, but do you have any meetings set up with him as far as maybe picking his brain on what you're doing right and wrong and how to grow the company, or is he strictly going to be talent at this point? Uh, Well, for right now, they're going to be talent, but I am going to, of course, ask him, you know, if he has anything that he noticed that we can improve on or things that he liked and things like that. And we are talking about bringing him back into our next show in November too. And, you know, he's the kind of guy, if he says something about it, you listen. So I hope he is, you know, that he does notice something, you know, because that's something I would absolutely take to heart. Uh, But who knows in the future, maybe get a little bit more involved or whatever. But for this upcoming, you know, show we've got, he's uh, strictly just going to be you know, uh, talent-wise, but then, you know, after that, we kind of see where it goes. But if he's got any, you know, suggestions for improvement, man, he's one guy you definitely listen to with that kind of thing. 100% agree with you there. Uh, Besides Buddy Highway and Kevin Sullivan, if people were interested in coming to work at STF, what is your process like for hiring new talents? Well, a lot of yeah, I want to see you know what their video and their, what their work and what their style, you know that kind of thing. I get contacted quite a bit, and you know we're always looking. You know anybody's welcome to contact us and you know reach out if they're you know serious about you know, expanding outside of where they normally work. But, you know, we're always open to look at new talent. We have people hitting us up on Instagram and Facebook. we got a, a website we're building, too, so we'll have that up soon. But, you know, they're more than welcome to contact us, and we'll, you know, take a look at their, you know, their video, you know, video with us. So we can kind of see, you know, where they're at, what they're doing, or, you know, that kind of thing, their style. And... It also depends on the, you know, their uh, fee, you know, those kind of things. But we're we're always open to looking at outside talent. And starting this uh, promotion, I didn't want it to be another local wrestling promotion. I mean, we've already got a few out here. But I didn't want to do the same thing. So I'm, I'm, I want to do more of an establish of a just an independent promotion based in Salt Lake. And we most of most of the roster actually is from out of state that come in, but. Uh, you know, but yeah, they're, anybody's welcome to contact us. I'll take a look at their video. Uh, one thing, we only run uh, shows four times a year, you know, once every three months. And so it might be a while before we book them, but that doesn't mean we're not interested. That just means, you know, things developing in the matches we've got. It might be show, you know, two, three shows in the future that we can get them here. But, yeah, we're definitely always looking, you know, we're interested in looking at seeing other people's work. So... Now, you also, besides just wrestlers, you have people that are instrumental in building a good show. You have referees, ring announcers, ring crew, medics, everything that goes into making a show. How do you find those people 
to bring them to STF? Um, I know some of the people around here, referees, and uh, one guy, you know, he, he's big Rick Deluxe is what he goes by. I've known him, man, ever since uh, 35 years, and I've known him for 35 years now, and he's really big into it. And we first met, the thing that, you know, we had in common was, you know, interest in not only wrestling, but the same style and same type of wrestling. Uh, so he and he's gotten into announcing and you know ring announcing for boxing and wrestling. So he was on board. Uh, there's another gal out here. Her name is Jen. She was on a, a radio podcast a few years ago, and when she was in Los Angeles, but she's moved back here, and I contacted her to be in on it. And then you know we also have people contact us and say I've done this, and would you be interested? And you know so some of them contact us too. But, uh, you know, sort of behind the scenes, there's kind of only so much room for so many people. But uh, so I've been kind of fortunate, you know, the people that have asked to, they said they'd be interested, you know, they know what they're doing, and plus a few that I've known besides. And so I've been kind of lucky that way. Now, like you said, in Utah, there are a few established promotions already i know that everywhere is a little bit different but in the area you are in do you sit down and talk with the other promoters and make sure dates are spaced out and maybe venues aren't overlapped and things of that nature or is it more of a everybody just does their individual thing and if dates and venues overlap they overlap um, well, there's one promotion out here they're really good friends with on good terms. Dive Pro Wrestling is what it is. They're about an hour north from here is all. Uh, I actually got the promoters scheduled for the year, and I booked, you know, my shows so they're not conflicting with those. And there's, you know, a couple other ones. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's going to be impossible to completely avoid, but... I do do my best to make sure that we're not doing something the same night as someone as somebody else because that just that makes people who want to see wrestling have to you know choose and you know they don't want to do that to them they just want to see wrestling and but uh, you know I, I try to maintain you know be open door with other promotions and not be seen as the enemy or anything like that so but uh, you know as far as me I mean I try to you know, accommodate everyone, you know, fans and promoters and not conflict. And if I, if I see a building that's one promotion is used, it is using, you know, then I'll stay away from that and find something else and, you know, something like that. But, uh, so we, you know, I try to, I, I try not to step on anybody's toes, I guess what I'm trying to say. Now, besides your local independence, Salt Lake is still a destination city for the national companies like WWE and AEW. When the national companies come to town, do you see an uptick of interest in the wrestling locally, or do you see fans staying away because they're saving money to go to the bigger shows, or do you not really see any difference as far as what the national companies do when they come to town 
compared to what you're normally doing? Uh, as far as attendance, I don't, I haven't really noticed a, a difference. Uh, there, you know, a lot of people, you know, they get here, you know, they'll tell us, so we got tickets to Raw, or we've got, well, in fact, AEW is coming, I believe it's in October, and we've got people commenting, you know, that they're excited to go to that, but they still come to, you know, the local promotions and that, so I don't really see a big difference in attendance, but if we were going to, you know, definitely, if we're going to have something on the same night as them, you know, we're not going to have anybody show up, so, you know, but, uh, Big promotions, you know, the national, like you're saying, WWE, AEW, those ones, those ones always do real well here. But, uh, you know, I mean, we got, I mean, we got, you know, we, we're happy with the crowd that we've got, but I haven't really seen a difference of, you know, if they're going to save their money and go to the big leagues or whatnot. But uh, they definitely, the big leagues come, they do, you know, do us a favor too, and, you know, and raise interest in wrestling locally, so. Well, it's a good thing for us, too. Every time one of the national companies goes into a town, they use local talent to fill in spots that are needed. Uh, sometimes they get used on the TV show. Sometimes they don't, but they usually are there somewhere. Do you work with your talents to try to get them on the national companies when they come into town, or is that something that you haven't dealt with at this point? Uh, well, I haven't dealt with it that yet, and a lot of the talent that I bring in is from uh, out of state, and so, like, the, with, for example, AEW coming in October, you know, our, we have a show you know, in November, and so our out-of-state names wouldn't be here for that show anyway, but, you know, if there was any uh, promotion that did reach out and say, we're going to be there, do you have any talent? I'd say, yeah, we have some talent here. We have a lot of come from out-of-state, um, but, you know, up to this point, I haven't, you know, I haven't dealt with that quite yet, but who knows, you know, maybe in the future, maybe it will, so, but uh, most, a lot, like I say, a lot of our roster is out-of-state, so. Being a promoter means you're going to run into difficulties around the day of the show, and certainly the day of the show, there's always unexpected things that happen. One of the things that the promoters deal with is people that suddenly can't make the show for whatever reason, whether they've been injured the night before or traffic is so bad it's not going to let them canceled, things of that nature. Having most of your roster out of state, do you run into more problems than you think the rest of the local promoters run into as far as being able to accommodate late changes to a card, or do you have people that you can call and get to the show on short notice? Um. The out-of-state, if they can't make it, they usually have let me, there's been a few, they've let me know a couple days in advance, and sometimes it's, you know, they're going to drive down there, the car broke down, or, and they'll let me know in advance. Uh, locally, you know, there's also, you know, they called into work or had to take the child to the emergency room, things like that. 
the other states usually, you know, we know them. You know, we know they're going to be there pretty much right away. Uh, some of the other, you know, I mean, some of the local. I'm sorry, some of the locals. You know, different situation. I've told everybody, so they realize life happens. Things are going to happen. So uh, I like to kind of have a backup plan in my head with some different scenarios just in case because, you know, this is independent wrestling and that can happen. And I also, you know, tell people, you know, you have your lives. We understand that. So we only do four shows a year. And, you know, as long as you're honest with me, you know, not, so I just don't feel like it or, you know, whatever. But everybody, there have been a few that have had to cancel locals, but it's all been for legitimate reasons. And I did have a couple that waited till like the night before and they said, Hey, I've been dealing with a nagging injury and I was hoping I was going to be able to make it, but I don't think I'm going to. So they're just hoping and waiting, you know, that their body would feel better, heal, whatever. And I understand that, but it hasn't been really a huge problem, you know, but like I said, I like to have, you know, backup, I, you know, plans just in case something happens. Cause it's, you know, people get hurt, you know, even in, you know, we book other wrestlers that are in other promotions and, you know, if they get hurt there too, you know, we understand that's going to happen and we don't want a chance of, you know, making it worse or whatever. But, uh, you know, as I say, I always have a plan B, <laughs> you know, so. I'm looking at the landscape of wrestling right now. You have not only the national companies on TV, but, because of streaming, you have things like IWTV and Fight TV and the Roku channels and so forth and so on, where fans anywhere can watch an independent promotion and follow it and maybe travel to see shows or buy merchandise online and various uh-huh. ways they can support where five, ten years ago, a local independent promotion only had a very select fan base because no one outside of that area was going to see it. Do you think that because of the technology and the streaming that it's easier to run an independent promotion now than it was before? Or do you think oversaturation of market is hurting a lot of independent companies? Uh, I kind of have more of the attitude of, you know, with technology, not to sit and think is it good or bad for the wrestling business or for us. You just look at it to make it work for your, you know, you and your promotion. Um, but overall, I would say it's actually been beneficial because now promotions in one area of the country, per se, can keep an eye on promotions are going on across the country or other states. And, you know, so I think I, I personally think it's been you know, a good thing. And, you know, when a promotion can establish its own identity, you know, then that's, of course, when, you know, you're going to get a big fan build up. But uh, I think it's been a good thing myself. So I'm, I know there are those who would probably disagree, but, you know, for myself, I think, you know, I think it's done real well. You know, wrestling fans are going to seek out wrestling, and now they have more options to follow more that they like. And so I think it's been good. Uh, do you have people at this point in your company's history that travel from out of the region to come to the shows? You get guys that uh, come out of state, or maybe they come from a different part of 
Utah to see STF wrestling because they've seen it online and gotten a buzz about it that way? Uh, well, we had uh, one guy drove out here from Northern California because he wanted to see it, and he was supporting the uh, heel group we have here called Nemesis, and he drove nine hours to come and see it. So, I mean, there are people that do that and some that drive up, you know, because Utah, you know, go uh, top to bottom, about six, seven-hour drive, and we've had people come, you know, here, which is about five hours, but uh, mostly, for now anyway, with us, it's been uh, – you know, locally here, right, in the Salt Lake Valley. And uh, there's been a few, you know, that come down from Idaho and thing, but the majority are uh, locally here and maybe a few hours away. But we do have some that do travel, so. One of the things that a lot of wrestling companies use to make money more so than ticket sales is merchandising. And promotions will make a lot more in merchandising and or concessions than they ever will from ticket sales. Do you personally use merchandising as a revenue stream or do you uh, let stream go to the wrestlers more? Uh, We, uh, we've just started, we got somebody, you know, is making shirts and pins, things like that. So we do have somebody, you know, in merchandise and uh yeah ticket sales you can't rely rely on to you know bring in money to promote and you know this it's always merchandise and you know the wrestlers you know also have their merchandise and they do good at the merchandise tables but yeah merchandise is huge and a key factor in what we do and what we do it's going to start getting even more so now that we have somebody really reliable that does a really good job for us and you know, hopefully we'll be able to build up our merch tables even more next time after this one even more. So, uh, What are some of the pieces of merchandise you've been marketing to the fans? Uh, mostly shirts at this point right now, but we do have, uh, you know, have some pins. We have, uh, like, some mouse pads, things like that, but mostly starting with shirts at the moment, and then now we're starting to expand a little bit. More like a dog tags with uh, the logo on it, and you know, looking into different uh, prints and tiles. Uh, let's see what else? Uh, coasters we're gonna start with, shot glasses, things like that. One of the other things, like I said, that promoters use, and I don't know if it's as prevalent now as it used to be, but Confessions used to be the major revenue source for a lot of promotions. If a company had a deal with the venue where the promotion got the confession money, they might make several times more than what the ticket sales were in food and beverages. Do you look at venues that is going to give you either a split of the concessions or the total concessions were at least do a discount on rent if you can't have the concessions. Uh, well, we're at the the venue itself doesn't uh, sell any kind of concessions, but we do have concessions at our shows that we go through. Uh, uh, Paco's Tacos is what it is, and then you know he come and he comes does his thing, and then he gives us a, a cut of that, and we work out a deal where it works you know, for both of us. And so 
that's kind of actually been a relief for us and not have to go out and do it ourselves. So, that, yeah, it's been good to have that. At this juncture of the year, there are a lot more outdoor shows that promotions do because it's pretty much a peak of when weather is going to cooperate enough for shows to be held outside for the majority of the country. I know Utah is a place where the winter isn't going to really allow for outdoor shows. But during oh, the no. summer months, do you look at outdoor venues? Uh, we did a few weeks ago. Uh, there's a park out here that they have at uh, Movies in the Moonlight. And what they do is at night when it gets dark, they show a movie. And then they have an event before the movie that's uh, related to, to the movie. And they showed uh, uh, Nacho Libre. And so they had there was a at the park and so we was we were able to put you know had uh, some of the guys from dive wrestling come and uh, we put on a show and that was outside and it was in the evening so it wasn't you know super hot you know it was a little warm but not bad but we used to that's another promotion out here we used to go up to a, a, t- a small town about an hour from here and they were on every fourth of july and they were they we'd be in their middle of the day like at noon and oh man it was <laughs> it was it was so hot but you know I mean it, I mean it was fun but it was hot and the like you said the winter times out here there's no way we could do it in the winter time even if it, even if it wasn't snowing it would just still be just way too cold but uh, outdoor shows are pretty cool if it's not too hot and it's not raining so that's definitely something we'll look into more but. Uh, yeah, in the wintertime, no, uh, there's no way we could do that. Obviously, indoor venues are more common, of course, but when promoters use outdoor venues, sometimes logistics are a little bit uh, tricky. A lot of promoters don't really give a lot of thought to are there going to be uh, facilities if the fans and or the talent need to use the restroom. Uh, They don't often think of where can I set up a locker room area. They don't think of will there be water available nearby. When you do look at these outdoor venues, do you go inspect the location to make sure things are going to be amenable to running a wrestling show or are you relying more on the venue itself to be able to provide you with everything you'll need? Uh, I'll go to the venues and I'll uh, get my phone out and I'll uh, video record it and then just kind of move move it around so I can take a look at it and have it on video and uh, when I go home and I can look at it and make sure, you know, there's enough room where to plan everything. Uh, but if we're going to do an outside, an outside venue, then, uh, you know, especially, you know, the warmer months, we want somewhere that's going to be water. And the place, the park that we did it at a few weeks ago, the city provided us a big changing tent and there was water right next to it. And so they pretty much took care of everything, you know, for us like that. But, yes, definitely look into things. I mean, there might be an area you can set up a ring, but, you know, you're not just setting up a ring for a wrestling show. You know, like you say, it's for – you know, where the back is to come in and out, the bathrooms, you know, they're going to be enough water, you know, things like that. So, yeah, absolutely look into all of that. 
not just enough enough room to set up a ring. One of the great fears of all promoters is an injury occurring on their show. I know most promoters carry insurance for that type of thing, but it's still not something as a promoter you want to see happen to someone on your show. Uh, always devastating, but injuries are part of the business. They will happen. Have you, yeah. to this point, witnessed any major injuries on your shows? Uh, no. Someone did hurt their knee, a couple people, but they weren't super serious. They were painful, but they weren't super serious. So, And, uh, you know, I make sure everybody knows, you know, they don't have to take any specific move if they don't feel you know, safe or comfortable with it. So I leave that, you know, they have the freedom to say yay or nay. But uh, we haven't had, I haven't, uh, nothing major that's made people take have to take any time off, luckily. Hope it stays that way. I hope so, too. Now, for yeah. your shows, do you have medical people on site in case there is an injury? Do you have like either actual EMTs there, or do you have someone on the roster that also has a medical background, anything like that? Uh, this this time, from now on, we do have an EMT that will be there, yes. The first two, I was looking for someone, but I couldn't find someone that uh, I could afford or work things out. But this time, from now, moving forward, that we do now, yeah. And I told everybody, too, now we have an EMP, EMT, that doesn't mean to go out and kill yourselves and kill each other either now. You know, take it easy still. But, but uh, yeah, we're, we do have a very good EMT now, and I'm very happy with it. So, One of the other things that a lot of promotions have that fans don't necessarily think about, uh, some promoters don't think about it, necessarily and that is the timekeeper timekeeper even though it seems like a menial task uh, they are the ones that start in the match they are the ones responsible for basically letting the fans know okay there's this much time left in this time limit or oftentimes not really given a second thought by a lot of people in the business, but they do have an important job. Do you have a dedicated timekeeper that you use? Uh, we have our ring announcers really good about doing that, uh, keeping a track of time and things. So, you know, but that's absolutely, that, I mean, you have to have somebody watching the time, you know, a timekeeper, that's what keeps the, rhythm of the show and things from not going too long, too short. It keeps the fans updated. But, yeah, ring announcer is real good about doing that. One of the other aspects in pro wrestling that you don't see very much these days, even though it's still out there, is the role of manager. Uh, Once the national companies stopped using managers for a few years and you didn't really see very many, it trickled down to the independence. Uh, we start seeing more in the last few years pop up both nationally and at the independent level. 
Do you mm-hmm. like to use very many managers on your show? I do like to use managers, and as long as it's uh, a manager, as long as it makes sense, you know, just like everything else, and you know, putting on a card, as long as everything it makes sense, you know, to have them. But uh, we do have, uh, let's see, we have a couple managers, you know, right now, and you know, they're perfect for what they do. So, you know, we're not opposed to putting even more if it's something that would make sense. But uh, we definitely do have some right now. And they've been vital parts of, you know, the card. So we're going to keep on doing it. Uh, one of the things that promoters obviously have done since the beginning of the business is control the pay system. Some promoters will pay a set fee to them. The talent agreed to beforehand. Some promoters still will use a system that pays the talent based on the gate, and they make more or less depending on tickets are sold. Some promoters mm-hmm. use actual uh, signed contracts with the talent as far as pay, and it's spelled out in advance. A lot of it is still oral contracts between talent and promoters, what's your preferred method as far as how you pay the talent? Um, there are some, especially the ones that come out of state, they have a set out-of-state fees. And I basically, I'll just ask them, like, what's your fee? And if it's something realistic, I say, okay, you know, and I feel, you know, I think people should be able to get, you know, they should get paid what they think they're worth. Uh, some, you know, the others... It depends on it does depend on the gate, but uh you know, I try to make sure everybody gets something and if you know, if there are those that have a set amount, I wanna know that beforehand and not find out, you know, you have to, you know, pay me X amount of dollars or you know, this and that. But uh uh I've 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 had some I've had some good feedback from it. You know, people, you know, they say that you know, I've been they told me I'm a man of my word, so you know, I'm glad. I'm really glad to hear that. You know, I do like to, you know, pay them, you know, everybody something, and if they want have something of a set amount, you know, I want to know that beforehand and when I can, as much as I can, as I do pay that in advance too. So, you know, make sure they're going to get that because I don't like. I don't want to be the kind that says, yeah, we'll book you know so and so and then so and so and then everybody here and then rely on tickets and merch sales and. You know, just hope that we have enough to cover it. I like to do that all in advance. Say, yep, we got it. Let's get it done and go from there. The ones that we do, uh, you know, from the gate, you know, then I'll look at that, see what we've got, and then uh, give, you know, give us some from there. But uh, I'm open to talking to them, you know, whatever they feel like they're worth, you know. I don't try to talk them down. I'll just say, you know, I'll just say, well, that's a little much out of my budget and I can't do it. And sometimes they're willing to work with that and, and uh, you know, but I, I really haven't had any problems with it with anyone. So, of course, we're still young, and you know, we haven't been doing this for you know a whole long time yet. But uh, it's still kind of a learning process. But uh, I, I, one thing I do want to make sure is when I tell somebody they're going to get a certain amount, they're going to get it, and that's just the way it is. So, as far as setting the ticket prices, how did you go about? 
figuring out what the cost of the tickets were going to be for your shows. Part of it was, I don't want to charge too much because if we get too much, you know, it's going to turn the fans away. And so we have like different price ranges where the front row is a little bit more. We have uh, early entry because our ticket prices or general admission is $15, but uh, for $20 is general admission plus early entry and they can come in and kind of pick their seats. Front row is a little bit, you know, that's uh, 25 and then they can, you know, the early entry as well. We're going to give them a, you know, a print of the show poster and card stock that they can have, things like that. So we try to make it worth their while without trying to gouge them. <laughs> and uh, a lot, sometimes it's just uh, factoring in, uh, you know, the cost of the venue to rent, and some of the expenses, but uh, we try to keep them as low as we can so people can actually afford to come to it and not, you know, instead of buying groceries for the kids, they buy tickets for us, you know, that kind of thing. But, uh, so it's, you know, we try to factor in everything that we keep them as low as we can, but we do have different price ranges, and that seems to have really been a good thing to do. So we're going to keep doing that. Well, we are down to the last few minutes of the show, and I want to make sure you have okay. ample time. So if there's anything you would like to say to the listeners, fuck and promote anything and everything, social medias, upcoming shows, merchandise, your favorite auto parts store, anything at all for yours. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, uh, we're STF Pro Wrestling. We're in Salt Lake City. It uh, stands for... Uh, survival of the fittest. That's a place we want to give everybody an equal chance. So anybody's welcome as long as, you know, correct, don't cause drama. We're on Facebook. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We are getting uh, a website up and going. It's uh, stfprowrestlingonline.com. There's not a lot to it on there. But, uh, you know, we are building that up. Uh, they're free to shoot us messages. Uh, anyone out of state who's interested, you know, want to find out more about us and look into booking. We're always open to that. Uh, but I do, I would like to throw out the, a big shout out to Top Notch Heating and Air locally here. They've been huge, a great sponsor, great to work with. And, uh, but yeah, we're uh, going to be developing our own YouTube channel soon. And uh, we're just shooting for the stars from here. So, but yeah, appreciate it. Let me plug my promotion a little bit here. <laughs> Absolutely. It has been a pleasure having you on the show. Hopefully we will do it again. Give my best I love uh, you. buddy and Kevin when they make it there next week, and I hope you have a uh-huh. full house. Thank you. I appreciate it. I will definitely do that. Thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. Fans, if you are near Salt Lake City or would like to travel there, STF's a great growing promotion. Check them out next week you can check them out with the tag tournament the sullivans are going to be there they don't team up extremely often so make sure you get out there and support that if you're anywhere near it this coming sunday on the show we have pierre he is on the show out of the great state of vermont Uh, he's joining us sunday then one week from today we have ace montana with us so make sure you have plans to be with us you can catch myself at the Southwest Washington Fair in uh, Centralia, Washington, in just a few hours. I am on location there. 
So that show is going to be very, very big for us. And then tomorrow night, we will be in Lakewood for Northwest Pro Wrestling. So if you're near there, stop by and catch a free show out of Northwest Pro. Everybody stay safe out there. Support your local independents wherever they may be near you. And we will talk to you soon.